Good morning. Welcome to the Bar Sunday Morning Services. I am Jesse Lee Peterson. Thank you so much for being with me. And good morning again here. Good morning. Did you tell me not to laugh when you're doing the countdown? Yes. You didn't say that? Yeah. You get, you're fired. <laughs> you can leave now. <laughs> uh, everybody doing well? Oh, good. Anybody bring anything or you just came to receive? <laughs> Nobody, one lady brought something. Where's the mic? Where's the guy with the mic? He's daydreaming. <laughs> I um, was going to call you about it. Uh-huh. It happened last week. I was, I seen something real ugly about myself. Oh, good. I seen that I wasn't very uh, uh, caring, that I wasn't very sincere, you know? Yep. And that, uh, and it, it hurt it, you know, to see all of that. Why did it hurt? Uh, it's sort of like, uh, it didn't hurt for me seeing it. It just hurt because I was like that. Oh, okay. You know? Yeah. And, and, um, I, I sort of cried, you know, made me cry. Good. But not but feel... I can't change anything. Right. You know? And so I, I see that I pretend a lot. Yes. You know? And, and that I'm not really... Well, that we're sincere. And, and I just was just looking at it, you know, and trying to pray to be better. She's not speaking directly to the mic. I've been asking for the light to show me. Yes. About me. And uh, it was sad, sort of. Good. You're on your way. The Bible says that God said that every man and woman heart is wicked. Yeah, that's how I see it. And that is so true. When you really wake up from within, you're going to see how wicked you are. And most of the time, not all the time, not all the time, but most of the time, you have a, when I say you, you, I mean we as human beings have a hidden intention, a hidden agenda. We could be saying one thing, but inside of us, it means something else. Right. And we'll pretend like it's something else. It's so interesting. Yeah, but you could convince yourself that you are, you know? Yep. And and I, I loved seeing it, but it also saddened me. Yeah. Um, when you say sad, you mean like you feel sorry for yourself or? No, I felt... Hold the mic for I'm her. I'm sorry. Sure you hold. I she, felt bad because... That was what I really was. Right. But to me, it's a blessing to see that. Yeah, Because when you see it, because beforehand when you're in denial, you were not able to see that. Right. As most people don't see their deception. Uh, but to me, it's a blessing to see that there's just, just two things going on here, good and evil. Right. And the pride of mankind is wicked to the core. It's so slick and clever and just it, it almost like everything you do has a, you know, another agenda to it. Mm-hmm. And you, it's amazing how you can hide that, too, yeah. or hide from it. Yeah, 
good. So you are blessed that you can see that. But don't take it personally. And it's just, it's God who is allowing you to see it. And it's he who caused you to overcome it. But I cried a lot, you know, that day I cried a lot. Right. And why were you crying? Because I was seeing how ugly I was. <laughs> but be glad to see it. Don't, don't cry out of pity for self. Mm-mm. Because you didn't make yourself that way. You know, we were born into a spiritual negative environment. Right. And we were traumatized at an early age. Right. So you didn't make your, when I see that in me, I'm like, oh, wow, that's, so, that's something else. Mm-hmm. Lord have mercy. <laughs> yeah. But just be grateful to see it. But people could convince themselves that they're somewhere when they're really not. Yes. You know. Yeah. No, uh, the, uh, the ego is something else. Yes, it is. It is something else. That's why it doesn't make sense to try to defeat the ego of yourself because it is all spiritual, it's all dark, and it's of the devil, and you can't defeat it. You just have to watch it. You have to want to see it so you can overcome it. Right. Well, I had a little uh, experience with one of my nieces. My whole family's really sick, you know. Everybody's family is sick. A, a really sick. Everybody's family is really sick. Alcoholic, <laughs> falling down, you know. And uh, she called me the other day. I wasn't feeling too well. And she, and she demanded for me to go take her food uh, <laughs> about 20 miles away. You Your know? daughter did? No, I didn't do it. I said your daughter demanded. No, my niece. Your my niece demanded daughter. that you bring her some food? Yeah, because she was hungry. <laughs> and I told her, why don't you call your brother? He lives right next to you. I wasn't feeling well anyway. You should have just said your mama and hung up. <laughs> but I I wouldn't have given that. I would not have given that any conversation. I felt guilty for not driving over there sick. What? To, yeah, I felt a little, a little bit. I would guilty. not have felt anything I said, unless you were I down and out and sick. <laughs> no, she wasn't sick. She was just drunk, and she wants to call me when she's <laughs> drunk. And I told her, please don't call me no more unless you're not drinking. And then she tries to turn it over. You're judging me. You're doing of course. that. I said, okay, bye. Yeah. I, can't, I mean, I have enough problems with my own children, yeah. you know, and then my sister's children. I can't deal with that, all that. No, their problems should not be your problems. Okay. It, you're not God. Don't make someone else's problem yours. Yeah, but I didn't know if that was the right thing because she was asking for food, do you know? But what? I, she was asking for food. But she's an alcoholic. Yeah, she's an alcoholic, and I don't know if... I wouldn't take no alcoholic into the food. I don't think she really needed food. She just wanted to get somebody out there to... Cry on their shoulder. Yeah, I would not have felt anything for that. Yeah. Not okay. one eye order. All right. I had uh, a person call me in my office this week, and they wanted to, they pretended like they wanted help from me for themselves, and then they start talking about somebody else. I'm like, look, cut it out. I'm not going to even hear this. If it's not just about you, then I don't want to hear it. And then they kept trying to put, then they tried to play a, a game on me, right? They were going to try to act like they were talking about themselves, but yet actually in this person. I'm like, get out of my office. Leave me alone. And I just put them out. I think anyone who listens to someone complain about another person like that is evil themselves. I don't see how a righteous person 
can listen to someone talking about another person and that person is not around to defend themselves. You're just wicked to the core to do that. Uh, and I have something on that, I think. Let me see. Proverbs uh, 13 talk about that. Five is saying that uh, uh, the upright hate a line word, but the wicked slanders and defames. So when you're doing that to people, you're wicked. Slandering people and defaming and falsely accusing. That's wickedness. And they do it all in the name of Jesus. And the hearer of that stuff is no different than the doer of it. And once we start realizing these things, if you really want to be happy, stop listening to the children of Satan. Don't listen to that because it's going into your spirit and it's corrupting you. You know what I mean? No, you don't, huh? Some people can't help but listen to stuff. <laughs> and our lady, women's meeting, I've learned it. They don't want to, but they just can't help it. It just sounds juicy. <laughs> How do you, you know, like you don't want to know because you know it's wrong to listen. But Satan tell you, well, if you don't know, you ain't going to know what's going on. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so you listen to that voice, you end up listening to it. Just sharing, you know, of things that are happening with other people. No, if it's about someone else, you're not sharing, you're gossiping. Oh, because you know, I've seen a lot of that going on in Oregon. We would have a meeting, and then they would go out to eat, and then they would discuss. Well, then you shouldn't be. See, you got to. You have to look out for your own soul. They don't make you sit there and listen to that. It's something in you that would sit there or, and listen to it and or go back again to the same meeting knowing what it's about. No one is responsible for you and your action in those manners. That makes sense? Yeah, but... Ain't no but. This lady was like... No, no, no. no. <laughs> don't, I don't even want to hear what she said. What I'm saying is you don't have to sit there and hear it. Okay. You're like, I don't want to hear this. I'm out. Goodbye. Get up from the restaurant and walk out. That's right. And take your meal home. Mm-hmm. Or even better, move to another table. Mm-hmm. You got to start fighting for your own soul. And you can't blame someone else for the way they are. They are the way they are, but you don't have to participate in it. And then your, your spirit is free. You'd be surprised how free your spirit becomes when you don't allow it to be corrupted with evil. Because anybody that talks about another person like that is lying. That, they're cowards. That's why they're doing it behind the person's back. And that's evil. Our warfare is a battle between good and evil. Right, Mercy? They would do it in front of her, too. Right, but you still shouldn't be a part of it. Okay. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Choose your friends wisely. All right? Okay. That makes sense? Yeah. Or hang out by yourself. Just because you're alone don't mean you're lonely. Doesn't mean you're lonely. Mm -hmm. I'd rather be by myself than to be with the children of Satan. Mm -hmm. Be careful who you associate with. Okay. All right? Uh, Yes, ma'am. I have a question. Good to see you. Nice to see you, too. I remember when you were a little baby. I know. And you were... (laughs) And you were saying, 
I'm never going to marry no man that think I'm going to cook for him. <laughs> That'll always come up, won't it? Yeah. You can have my funeral. That's probably what you'll say. I have it on video. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Um, and when I do your wedding, I'm going to play that video at your wedding. No, you're not. Yes, I am. <laughs> you're not. That's where I draw the line. Ain't no man going to tell me what to do. And um, she, you hadn't gone to college yet when you said that to her. I hadn't done anything. Uh, you a little kid. Old, I think. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that amazing? Ain't no man going to tell her what to do. I ain't going to cook for no man. Go ahead. You changed your mind on that, Anyways, right? um... <laughs> <laughs> On the topic of what she was just saying, yeah. um, we were having this conversation the other day, um, my mom and me and my two sisters, not really my dad, who wasn't really participating. But, yeah, men don't um, normally participate in it, so. <laughs> well, yeah, some men, but yeah. yeah. Um, so my question is, we had, I don't know, if I, should I just be specific? Not with names and stuff no. like that. Okay, yeah. so we were having this conversation about um, someone who is, close to our family. Were they who, there? Huh? Were they, they weren't there. Oh. The, the conversation was actually about should, instead of everyone who has an issue with this person constantly talking about having an issue with this person, should we just have the conversation with her and say, this is what's going on? Because the person who we're talking about is aware that there's some like negative feelings, but right. no one's actually said it yeah. to her. Yeah. And so I was saying, well, maybe we should just have this conversation with her so that at least she knows what people are saying about her and she can have an opportunity to defend herself or change it or not change it or whatever. And, uh, and, then, the, uh, and then my sister was saying, well, I don't think we should say anything to her because you, know, you don't have to tell, tell people every time you feel something negative about them. And it's not really going to change anything. She's not going to change. She doesn't really want to hear it. Da 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 da. And I just felt like it wasn't really. I don't know. Like I've said negative things about her, but I just felt like at the same time, I don't know if she's going to change anything ever. That's I right. I feel like she at least has the right to know what people think about amen, her. Amen. Amen. But that was and like. I, and I bet your mom said, "Yeah, you're right. Let's go. Let's get her." She actually didn't. But then I was like, well, "She mom, did not you know about this." And but your mom was is like, really holy. Well, yeah. But I think she was kind of going back and forth between what I was saying and what my sister was saying. She's like, well, I see what she's saying, but I see what you're saying. What? So, I don't know. It's just... But then I was like, well... Rhonda, I don't believe... I believe she's lying on you. Let's go to the mic. I know... I know you are not... (laughs) I know you are not confused by that issue. Huh, Rhonda? You said, you're right. Let's go to... Let's bring the person in the media or let's go to her. Put a little closer to her. We talked about uh, the person not judging her, and and that person. We talked about the fact that she's, you know, that she just shouldn't judge her. I I know, but when your daughter said, "Let's bring her," it's not fair. This way, but at the same time, this person is always defensive and always moves away from you after when you try to tell her anything. But what does that have to do with you talking about her behind her back? That was the whole point. We were saying we shouldn't do that and we shouldn't judge her and stuff. Right. But, but whether we should go and say, oh, I don't like this about you and I don't like that about you, sometimes that's just a personal thing. It's just not going to change who she is because you said I know, that but that doesn't mean you give up on the, on the person, right? Well, I know, and since you guys having a conversation about her, out of love, one more time will help um, to bring her into the picture. Well, the whole 
that person was saying, well, we were saying, well, we just really shouldn't judge it. I was saying she's changing and she's, you know, getting better. And uh, if you don't judge her, then she is, she'll, she'll be more open to changing, you know. So we need to step back from judging her at that point. That's how I feel like. Because when we, we have said some things to her and she just, like, pick up everything and move away kind of things. Right. But if you've said something to her over and over again, why even sit in a group and have another discussion about it? Because that was the whole point. Everybody well, was in that the, group the, was not having that discussion. Yeah, but the... the right here, Rob. Sorry. The, um, I, I understand what she's saying. Yes, in, a, in the ideal situation, no one would be judging her or saying anything about her. But the fact is that my mom has a different, has a closer relationship with this person than everyone else who was, everyone else sort of like looks from afar and is like, I don't really want to be around her. I don't yeah. like this about her. I don't like that. My mom has a closer relationship. So my mom can say, well, I've had this conversation and she didn't respond to it or she did respond to it. But no one else really has had that interaction. Only she has had that experience. So I was saying, yes, it's easier for you to say, I just won't judge her. And maybe you guys shouldn't either. But when everyone else isn't as close to the situation and they have all these feelings, maybe they should have that interaction with her themselves yes. that they can at least then have some empathy for whatever she's going through. Or That's right. You know what I mean? No, I totally agree. So here's what I suggest. Since they don't want to meet with her, you should go meet with the, with the person. Okay. And just, and just talk about what you see. Don't even mention anyone else that was in that meeting. Just talk about, you know what, I see this is happening with you. Uh, is there anything, you know, have a talk with her. And then once you have, have had that talk, drop it. Right. Don't even go back and tell them what, you, what the conclusion of the conversation was about. Right. But then God will, will bless you greatly. And then when other people are, saying, are, are then saying, like, stuff or... Just say, saying, I don't want to hear... should be like, I don't want to talk about That's that right. Anymore. Go to her. Do what I did. Go to her. I don't want to hear. Why are you telling me? Right. And you, I'm telling you, magic will happen in your life. Because even in family member, if families are willing to sit with you and talk about somebody else and not, and not freely ready to bring that person in, if you ever do something that they disagree with, they're going to sit and talk about you too. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I know, you know, in spite of, um, it's like when you, have, when you have conversations about people behind their backs, like whoever you're talking to knows that you're probably doing the same thing about them. You will do it. With that, yeah. And so it's always, you know, yeah. it just creates really a lot of distrust between everyone. Yes, because it's wickedness in operation. And so wickedness is not just going to be, you know, sit with you and talk about somebody else. As soon as you're away, they're going to talk about you too. I don't care who it is because we are, we are, we are a living being. We're a spirit and we're dealing with good and evil. And holy people, people who love God, do not operate. I mean, the instructions in the, in the scriptures are so clear. If you have a problem with your brother or your sister, go to them. And then if it doesn't work, take one witness, go back and try again. And if it doesn't work, let the dust hit your feet. It's so clear. It doesn't say organize a group, you know, go right. out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, you, you know, organize a group. And let's really talk about a person. Right. Go out. Because... Everybody is, everybody is dealing with spiritual things. Right. You know, and it's the, uh, the things that we do are, that are out of control, we can't help ourselves. So what good, where's the love in putting down a person who can't help themselves? Right. 
we can't help ourselves and God help us. So why would we want God to help them since we understand what's going on? So I would just meet with if I were, the person if I were you. Okay. That makes sense? Yeah. And then they're going to want to know what y'all talking about. Don't tell them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, even if the person acts out, you still don't discuss that with them. You know, just say, you know what? Uh, you should that go to it. Yes. Yeah. And I also just feel like people get, like, even if, I know that there have been times for me when someone has said something to me that maybe was, like, an uncomfortable thing for them to tell me. And later on, like, you may not get something in the moment, but even a year later you might be like, oh, now I understand why that person said that, and it might, like, click or whatever. That's so, right. I mean, That's I don't know right. when it's going to happen for anybody, but I do feel like it's... I never, ever, ever assume that people are not going to get it. If I did that, I wouldn't be here this morning. Right. (laughs) True. I would not be here. I I would have a hangover from the club last night. (laughs) (laughs) But you don't know when the light is going to come on for someone. You just don't know. So, you know, you can't make people accept the truth right away. But just as God does with us, he doesn't give up on us. You know, he's constantly trying to remind us. Yes, he let us go out there and just make a fool of ourselves, but he still tried to warn you. He loved us so much that he never gives up. So I would never assume that anybody would never get it. Yeah. You know, you just don't know. If you're of God, you have a responsibility to put it out there and let them deal with it and be done with it. So you're absolutely right. Just because this person is acting crazy now, they can just change just like that. So stay away from your mom and your sister. No, I'm kidding. But no, go to the lady, talk about it. Yeah. And uh, then be done with it. Okay. And that's what love is. And then if people start talking about you, it's weird. It'll be somebody in that crowd would say, I don't want to hear that about her. It's weird how that is. You don't see it in operation like that, mm-hmm. but it'll be set up like that. Yeah. Where someone will try to put you down but God will have someone in the presence of that group to say, no, this is wrong. What you put out is what you get back. What you, when you're doing these things to others, you're really doing it to yourself. It doesn't seem that way, but you're truly doing it to yourself. It's just in your mind, you think you're doing it to someone else, but you're doing it to yourself. Isn't that weird? You're really doing it to yourself. And that's why you need to wake up and see that. So good for you. Let's see what happens. That's right. That's right. Just see what happens and be done with it. Yeah. All right. And if she get upset, start crying or yelling, just watch her like you're watching a movie and just say, I just wanted to tell you that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I just want you to know I care about you. Here's what's going on. Now, I shouldn't comment on anyone else's, like, no. grievances. Like, this is what this person said. Uh-uh. I should just say what I No, feel. don't say, well, my mama said this, or yeah. uh, Lolo said this. Because <laughs> she's going to read it wrong. Right. And anytime you carry a message like that, the spirit of it is wrong, too. Because mm-hmm. it's not a good. So, no, don't even mention anyone else. Yep. Just say, I see that you're crazy. Why? <laughs> <laughs> You need some help. You yeah. need Jesus. <laughs> that makes sense? Yeah. Right on. I love that. Uh, anybody else? No? Uh-uh. 
the guy that won't pay his bill. <laughs> yes, sir. Okay, I told you er earlier. I have. Uh, I was a rat, uh, rat by, uh, bill, uh bill collector for a, uh, for a small bill. I already paid five years ago. So I went to. Uh, so I went to a, uh, a legal ser uh, service, and they did and did make a sell. Uh, Settlement, and although I am paying that settlement close to completing it, I am still getting harassed by. by well, that's easy. Just tell them it's illegal to harass you, mm -hmm. and then they'll stop. Okay. Tell them you're going to call the police. I, okay. I'll, I'll, because in California, it is illegal for bill collectors to call you and harass you. I understand. Thank yeah. you very much. Right. Oh, that was easy. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, I just want to offer him some help because I used to do bill collection. If you, uh, you look like one of those guys. <laughs> yeah. I was bad at one point, Jesse. I know. Bad. But, uh, that's, uh, that's ages ago. Um, I, I want to uh, tell you that if you tell them that, uh, you, that, you, that you, you want to cease and desist, and you actually get their phone number, get their fax number, and send the actual verbiage, cease and desist, all calls, communicate to me only in writing, or you can even tell them you don't want anything in writing. Right. They, they have to listen to that. Yeah. So, uh, so it says call bill the uh, demand and so says demand a bill collector to cease and desist. Right. Yeah. I understand. Thank you very much. And get and get their get their fax number and say, Hey, I want to send you something. Okay. I want to fax and then send them cease and desist in writing. Let yeah. everybody notified to cease and desist cease and desist any further communication with me, either in writing or by phone calls. And you can trick them when they when you first answer the phone and they say, Oh, this is a bill collector, say, Oh, what's your name? And then just write down their name. So you know who you're dealing with as well. It's easy, Raymond. Right? In California, there are laws against that. I understand. That's the only law I like in California. You don't have to pay your bills. Thank you. Thank you very much for your time. <laughs> you just rip people off, right? And it's against the law for them to try to get their money from you. <laughs> All right. Anybody else? Right here with the, the camera guy. I was thinking about your petition that you were that you had sent out, which I think it expired the, yesterday. Yeah, the second emancipation proclamation freeing white people of fear of speaking the truth about race issues. It expired yesterday, Ermis? No. Yes. I noticed there were only ninety people who signed it. Yeah, I was surprised. Yeah. They because people are a couple of things going on. One is that White, white people, some white people are afraid to sign it because they don't want their name to be on a list anywhere, they think. And then that way, the black people can still come after them and call them racist, right? And then there are black people who don't want white people to be free because they want some more free stuff from the white people. <laughs> and I didn't know that. I didn't know it was that serious until I did it. But we're going to do it over. We're going to start it again when, when we can do it. I think there's a little time, grace period, then I'm going to stay at this until I get this done. We're going to have an emancipation for white people if the last thing I do. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to do it over. People don't even really want to talk about it. I know. Seriously. That's how afraid they are. Yeah. But I've heard some interesting stuff about this. It's it just been... Did you sign it, running, my best friend? I did. You signed it. Yes. Wow. Angela Davis' sister signed it. <laughs> I 
I'm just joking about that. She is not Angela Davis' sister. She doesn't wear an afro or anything. And what made you sign it? Decide to sign it. Um, just because you're trying to make a point there, and I just wanted to just be in agreement with that, you know. Was it a good? I don't think that I'm really making a point to. I'm not going to do a whole lot of good, probably. Don't. Why you say that? Yes, you. you it's amazing what one person can do for good. Don't but put yourself down like that. Basically, if you just open, if you can help anybody to open up and be better, then that's the whole point. That's right. So that's why I signed it. Good for you. Did your husband sign it? I don't know. They don't wait, wait. So what? Wayne I don't know if he knew about it. Wayne Wayne grew up on a Jim Crow. He sure not gonna sign. You know, I think that's the problem. People keep on talking about racism and all the rest of it. That's why I want to end they need, it. They need to put that to sleep. And yes. People are people, and you shouldn't be dealing with that. That's right. So, so if, why sign a petition that you want that you're putting out there for what you're what? talking about? That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but the petition is to free white Americans. Uh, from being afraid to talk about it. All Americans have Black people don't have no problem American with that. People are people, man. Black people don't have a problem with, with calling white people racist. Who? Black people. Well, that's their own problem. If that's what they. I know, about. but if white people fight back, it'll end this stuff. You got the same thing on both sides, man. No. Yeah. No. Yes, you do. One more time, no. Okay. <laughs> well, well, you go down south, you'll find out you have it on both sides. Okay. <laughs> Oh God! So, I mean, but it's just really to me, it's just ignorance, and and people are just people, and they should just love one another and just. But you do know back. that white Americans are afraid of—not all, but most—of being no, called. No, I don't know anybody's afraid. You don't. You I don't know, know that white folks, and they ain't afraid. Let me ask the question: You don't know that white Americans are afraid of being called racist. I think anybody's afraid of being no, called stay racist. With me with the white I wouldn't people. want anybody calling me a racist. I don't care. They call me racist all the time. Why? <laughs> Why they call me racist? Uh, why wouldn't you be afraid? Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? You wouldn't want him to call you a racist, would you? I, it doesn't matter. They call exactly. me that all the time. One guy left a message on my voicemail, and it was <laughs> I played on the radio show. <laughs> he said, "Jesse Peterson, you mf, I'm gonna destroy you, you sob." Uh, you want to free white people up? Are you crazy? <laughs> I'm going to go on the internet and destroy you. Ain't no Jesus on the internet. <laughs> Ain't no God on the internet. And no, I'm not a Christian. But I'm going to destroy you. You want to <laughs> you want to emancipate the for white people. And so I'm getting that kind of reaction. No wonder why he's afraid. But Wayne, I'm at a point in my life, and I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. I've been called so many kinds of names and, and threatened and, and lied on and all that kind of stuff. It just rolls off my back. I don't care. I care about what is right, and I think every person on earth deserves a chance to repent and live the life that God created for them to live. And people need to understand that our battle is not physical. It's a spiritual battle. And then we can start winning our families back and our country back. And so if we are concerned about the name calling, we're not going to get anywhere. Can you imagine where we would be if Jesus had said, oh, I ain't going to do this today. 
They're going to call me a name. They're going to stone me. They're going to do this. We would not be free. We'd be in hell today. Because the battle is spiritual between the good and evil. Evil job is to try to stop you by degrading, by lying. They want you to care about what they think. I don't care about what they think. I'm t- I don't know what the decision is about. How does the petition make people not be afraid of being called racist? Because if, if I could get white Americans to overcome the fear and start standing up for themselves, to say, look, how am I racist? I am not a racist. I'm not responsible for you having your babies out of wetlock, relying on the government, letting someone else control your life. How are you blaming me for this? I'm not responsible for what happened 150 years ago. Then black people would cut it out. But it's Be- not just a black-white issue. Yeah. White people are afraid of being called racist by anybody. But I think, like you saying, basically but nobody wants blacks. to be called racist. I'm sorry? I said nobody wants to be called racist. So if you're saying your point was that you don't care what anybody says about you, so isn't that the attitude that you should be encouraging to them? Like, why do they need, I don't get That's what the encouragement is, not to be concerned about, don't let them lock you in with name-calling. Right. Don't let them shut you down with name calling because now the older generation of white people are afraid. They've been ripped off by the so-called civil rights leaders. Mm-hmm. And now the younger generation are suffering because they're afraid to speak up of whites, are afraid to speak up because their parents were afraid. And so the younger blacks are being educated and they have learned the tricks of ripping off through intimidation. And so they are doing the same thing. And this can go on and on and on. And plus, we are more divided as a race because of it. But if white people got over fear, they wouldn't care what they call them. And then they'll start. But, there, but then there are a lot of white people who are racist. And there are a lot of black people who are racist. But most so, blacks are racist. I mean, I don't know what the statistics are for that. I can't say. 99 point. <laughs> no. That's your favorite statistic. Um, but what, I, I just, I don't understand how that necessarily but why don't you understand? levels the I, don't, I just don't see how, you know, there's going to be a group of people who actually are racist and then a group of people who are not racist maybe aren't speaking up or because they're afraid. And that happens within every race. So I just don't understand how this makes... I don't know that. why you don't understand that. If, if white Americans are free to speak the truth and there are blacks who are free to speak the truth and Mexicans and whatever, mm-hmm. then we're going to all come together as one mm-hmm. under God, right? And we're going to defeat the enemy. But if we're just relying on one group to do it, like white people literally just relying on black people to do it. They find a few black Republicans or, or, or who are not afraid. They're like, oh, like, yeah, right, right, right on. Right, right, right. right. But it takes all of us. This is a serious battle that we're fighting. There was a guy, and I'll come back to you, James. I see you here. There was a, a, a basketball player guy, black guy, who came out last week, I guess, and said he was a homosexual. You know what he's being called? Hero. <laughs> he's getting both sides of it. They some, they're comparing him to Jackie Robertson. This guy's a hero. This guy's not a hero. We're supposed to be ashamed of our sins. Homosexuality is a sin. It's something you can overcome. But he's held up as a hero, and white people won't say anything about it because he's black. And so it's like it's, we're losing the battle because we're divided. If you want to conquer somebody, divide them. Divide children from their parents. Evil is doing this. There was, uh, speaking of that, 
um, they came out this week, the children of Satan, with uh, the morning after pill. You hear about this? And they are saying now that young girls as young as 15 years old can go have sex tonight. Your daughter can have a little boyfriend, go out and have, and this boy convince her to have sex with him. And then they go to the drugstore and get the morning after pill, which is the abortion pill, to abort the baby. And they say that the law says that the parents should not, don't have to be notified. They don't need the parents' permission or approved to do it. 15 year old. But that's not the end of it. This is how evil works. They're not happy with 15 year old girls doing it. At once, I think it was 17 year old. Now it's 15. They want 11 year old girls to be able to do that. To go to the drugstore, purchase an abortion pill, pop it, and mama and daddy never knows about it. So, and so that's why they're dividing the children from the parents. They're, they're brainwashing them. In New York, they're talking about longer hours in, edu- in school. But that's not, that's not the issue. They're, they're not the ones who are dividing the children from the parents. The children, the children are, are already divided from the parents, and that's the problem. No, that yeah, is a problem. Because that's, this is a reaction to the fact that there are so many children who are getting pregnant because they're clearly already divided from their parents. Their parents don't even know they have relationships or are having right. or whatever. And then they're showing up to junior high pregnant. But what and you so don't know that's already an issue. Well what I'm you don't realize about that, they divided that too. They said, okay, what we're gonna do, we're gonna bring in government. We're gonna say pass a law that says that government is gonna take care of you, but you can't have a man in the house, no father. It started a long time ago. The children of Satan did this. And and for some reason the blind people say, Yeah, that's fine. Let's divide our family. Let the government be the daddy. And so they, let me just finish this point, though. Let me, let me finish this point. And so they, they uh, did that, and then they put them into government schools and continued the brainwashing. Now the kids don't care what the parents think. And parents are afraid to even spank their kids or do anything. And according to Proverbs, uh, whoever failed to use the stick hate their child. Whoever is free with his correction loves him. And parents are not showing love to their kids because it's against the law now. And so now the kids are eating worse. You should see some of these little kids, how they talk to their parents. They talk to their parents like, I'm like, are you crazy? I had someone in in my family (laughs) call me up just the other day, complain about their parents, right? Because the parent wanted them to clean up and do some stuff. I said, who paid the rent? He's like, what? Who, who paid the rent? My parents paid the rent. I, who put clothes on your back? My parents. I said, so if you don't want to clean up, if you don't want to listen to your parents, move out. And they're little children, so they can't move out, right? <laughs> <laughs> and so I get this call later, they clean the house up. You can't be putting up with this crap. And they know that the parents can't do anything, so they talk back to the parents. They say, I'm going to tell the teacher if you do this or do that to me. And so this is that division that's going on between evil and good. I agree with what you're saying. I just feel like you're sort of saying it, and it's like I feel like you have it in the reverse. I feel like the problem started when parents were not being proper parents, when fathers were leaving their families, and the government had to step in because the 
families were not oh, able to survive. Oh, I see what you're saying. But that's not true. I, I think I think that it started with the family breaking up on its own. I don't no. think the government made the family. You know why you think that? Because you have not, I can't believe this time, you have not been heard the truth, told the truth about it. I remember as a young person when, under Linda B. Johnson when they told black people, for example, we're going to take care of you, supported by the civil rights leaders. We're going to take care of you, but you can't have a man in the home. I, men left their families so that they could get that welfare check. And now in your generation, it's just common now, commonplace. But it didn't start out like that. It was still wrong for the man to do that. Yeah, but that's, and, but that's to assume that all men left their families because they wanted to get a check. Men left their families because they were irresponsible. Well, one thing, one evil led to another one. Exactly. So when you start doing evil, then it just spreads. It gets big. Right. So now it's not about the welfare check anymore. It's about something else. Right. So, yeah. But the solution is in the parents, don't you think? Like, that's what I'm saying. I feel like the solution to these issues right. is within the family, and that's why they're having these problems. I got If the government then feels like, well, there's all these, like, pregnant girls who are 12 years old with STDs. No, let me tell you this, things. and then I got to move on, right? Because yeah. I want to get to some more people. And the time is fast. Uh, the government don't care about you at all. The government is doing nothing to make your life better. The government is not doing anything for you out of love. Right. The government can care less. It's all to demoralize, brainwash, and, and corrupt so that they can control you. You cannot control a moral people. They have to, you have to demoralize them in order to control them, and that's what the government is doing. And so I don't care what the government thinks because the government does not care. They just want power and wealth. That's all they care about. So they hook you to the drugs, and they control you. That's all. Do you understand that? And all that is spiritual, too. That's evil working against good. That's why you got to wake up so you can see that this is a spiritual battle and not a physical battle, not a black and a white bat, uh, battle. So if white Americans, back to the Emancipation Proclamation for whites, if white Americans were to get over fear, this discussion about race would be gone just like that. But if you don't have truth coming up against the lie, it just gets worse and it continues. So that's why I want them free for their own soul set. Yes, sir. A lot of people have said that, that well, a lot of whites really are racist. But um, as you taught your daughters, you said that they should speak up even when they're wrong. And white people are taught to just shut up and be nice. Yes. And that's bad for the country. It's bad for their spirit. It's bad for their soul. Because what's going to happen is that inability to speak up going to boil over within them at some point. Because when you can't speak up, you start getting mad after a while. You start being angry. You feel like, you know how that is not to be able to speak up. And then they're going to come out in the wrong way, you know, killing black folks or whatever. And then the government is going to say, see, we got to ban your guns. We got to do this because look at those little bad white people. But if white people don't care what these people think and speak up anyway, they will feel free then we will all, all, all of God's children would come together as one and fight against Satan's children who are on the side of evil. It's not good not to speak up. If you're wrong, let's say you speak up and you're wrong. Let's say, oh, you know what? I'm sorry, I was wrong. But still grow spiritually, move forward. But we're losing our families and our country because of this stuff. Because people don't really see that it's a spiritual battle. They, are, they don't truly, truly see it. They see color. 
They see male, female. They don't see that as a spiritual thing. And a lot of black people really don't. You know, like, well, I like white people, but you want to, uh-uh. I don't want them free. What do you mean? <laughs> I like them, but <laughs> it's just like it become a headache to free them up. And not realizing the fact that they're having those emotions in the body, meaning that they got an issue. Because all of God's children want all people free. They, he, he or she will want all people. Christ came that whosoever accept him shall be free. And if Christ is in us and we're being guided by him, we got to have the same attitude. It has nothing to do with race. It's a spiritual thing. That makes sense? So if you like saying, oh, I like white people, but just political, or, or then something's wrong with you. You need to go back to your prayer closet. Because once you know what freedom is, spiritual freedom is, you want everybody to be free. You even want your enemy to be free. Because there is nothing like this peace that I'm talking about. Nothing like it. You don't want anybody in captivity of Satan, of sin, no one. That's why you don't care what people say about you because you know they can't help themselves. Children of God would never say negative, untrue things about you. So you know this person can't help himself or herself. And so your heart, you have compassion for them. You want them to wake up because those people are not happy, free people. They don't have the peace of God in them. That makes sense? Yes. And I used to be a hater, so I know what it is to hate. I know what that is. I also know what it is to be free. Thanks to God. Yes, sir. Um, do you think, or have you thought that maybe um, you can get people to be free without having an emancipation proclamation, but, but just let them exercise the freedom they already have? They're not exercising it. I know they're not, but that's the problem is that they're not exercising the freedom they already have. There's, right. There's no law on the book saying that you can't talk about black people or you can't this. So an emancipation proclamation is not, I don't know if that's there necessarily is a- going to, I don't know if that's necessarily going to um, make people exercise the freedom that they already have because they already have the freedom to do it, but they're just not exercising it. But when you have fear, you don't have freedom. And secondly, there is a, I don't know if there's a law or not, a written law, but there is an unwritten law that says that. Right. If white people speak up about black, they're racist. It's an unwritten law. Yeah, it's an unwritten and, and law. black people know, I mean, if white people know it, and black people know it, so black people have taken advantage of it, but it's destroying white Americans. Because so, every time they speak up, there's a price to pay. Well, if there's an emancipation proclamation, that price to pay is not going to go anywhere, so... Uh, Why are you saying it won't go anywhere? What, how, well, explain to me how is it going to go anywhere? Because now that white people start, you know, this black Abraham Lincoln freed them up. (laughs) 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 This black Abraham Lincoln freed them up, and now they're going to go out and start speaking up and imagine what's going to happen. Uh, I don't know what that's going to happen. 
Can you just talk to people? I talked to them for 23 years already. (laughs) So this is just another step. I don't know if it's going to work, man. I don't know either if it's going to work, but it's worth a try. Isn't it worth a try? I think there could be a better tactic. Then come up with one. Yeah, it's called talking to people. We already, I already talked to them. But I'm still to, talking to them. I got to really move on. Okay, let me just say one I'm thing. I'm still talking to them and getting my brothers and sisters to join forces with me to help set them free. Okay, so let me... All right, so you get them... Do you want to see them free? They're already free. Do you want to see them free? Of course. It's Do you want to see exercise. them free? Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're uh, already free, though. It's just, it's just a, it's a matter of... You exercise. don't know that white Americans are afraid to tell the truth when no, it comes to... I understand to... that there's fear there. Right. So stay but, with me just for a minute. Stay with me. So you know that they have fear, right? Yeah. Speaking to the mic. Yes, sir. And it is fear freedom. Fear freedom. Is that freedom no. to have fear? No. Okay. Stay, no, no, no. Stay with me. So, so they have this fear, so you know they're not free, right? Correct. And so what's wrong with me helping them to break that fear by doing this? I don't think it's going to be done by legal means. I'm not trying to do legal means. Well, what's the Emancipation Proclamation? That's a legal document, isn't it? Not yet. (laughs) (laughs) When Abraham Lincoln first started out freeing the blacks, it was not a legal document. It was a conversation first. It was an awakening first. Yeah, but there were laws that made black people not free. There are no laws, no written laws making white people But there are unwritten laws, which is the same effect. I don't know. Well, all right, we'll see what happens. Okay. okay. How's that gum? It's good. Yeah. <laughs> My English teacher told us, never, ever, ever, never but never chew in public. Did your English teacher tell you that? I remember when we would, like, forget sometime. We would go to school. We'd be popping gum. And she'd, like, come over with a napkin. Spit it out. She did not like that. You have some, too? <laughs> she did not like that at all. And it just stood with me. I don't chew gum in public. But that's fine. You represent you. That's fine. You'd be glad you're not on I, camera. I want, to, I want to be free to chew gum where I want to chew it. Yeah. <laughs> so... So don't you want white people? I don't need an emancipation proclamation for that one either. Yeah. <laughs> Who understand what I'm saying about the emancipation? Oh, good. And it makes sense? Yes. It makes sense to you? Let me talk to Angela Davis' daughter. <laughs> this is not Angela Davis' daughter, but she used to be very radical when it came to white people. You hated white people, right? I, I don't want to say hate, but... Because she has sat, and you said it out loud, so I can say this. I did. She has sat in my meeting in this church <laughs> service and looked at me and called me an uncle Tom. <laughs> <laughs> no, I called you a, a house negro. Uh-huh. <laughs> in, in my own church service. And, but you agree with me on this one? Yeah, I mean, because once I start discovering myself, I start that I couldn't stand nobody. I didn't even like black people. So I started discovering I didn't really care for people in general. But I just really heard about this today. But I think the reason why you're doing this is to, and you can uh, say I'm wrong, 
is to make them start to like believe in themselves because I know people can also be in prison in their mind. They can also be like slaves in their mind. That's right. You don't need like law right. to say you a slave. You can, it's slavery in the mind also. So that's, I w- that's what never, I think you're doing. I never to, even thought about a law about that until people yeah, started not, saying no, law. I, I, I don't know if I'm explaining it. No, you are. It right, but it's I a state of mind. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Good, and yeah. she she used to be radical. She well, even ha- when I'm wrong, I can admit I'm wrong. <laughs> you do, yeah. no, okay. without a doubt. Yeah, yeah, that's one thing. That's why you're becoming free. Yeah, yeah. But she done called me an Akatam in my own meeting. <laughs> yeah, he like he sound like he's saying it's right, but he looked like an Akatam. <laughs> Look like I'm just on, he's on the side of white. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> See, I love this. I want you. I want you to know you must be born again. I want you to know once you are born again of the Spirit of God, there's not one man or woman or child on earth that you do that you would want to sleep, see enslaved. You just have a natural honesty and compassion for them, and you don't want people to be enslaved, and because the love of God is so. It's something else inside of you. It really is. Something that you've never experienced until you enter into that kingdom. It really, really, I'm telling you, it really, 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 really is. One other thing I wanted to share with you, then I come to you. Um, remember I asked you for at least two weeks now to doubt every thought that you get. And I said, if you want to believe the truth, you got to start doubting every thought that you get. Remember I asked that and just kind of, Gave you a little assignment so that hopefully you'll think about it. Nobody remember that? Oh. How come y'all look dead then? (laughs) Anybody do that? Yes. Oh, good. Did you do it, Rodney? In and out. In and out, okay. Um, You did it? Increasingly. Increasingly. And anything from it yet? Well, I mean, I remember a few weeks ago getting into some stuff and just thinking in my mind, hating people in my mind, and really went through like a miserable stage of that. And so the more I kind of detached from that, it just made my life better, that's all. Yeah. Better in what way? Well, I mean, I want freedom. You know, I want peace. Uh, I really, you know, uh, I want all those things more and more. Yeah. I can't have both things. That's right. I can't be in my head like this and have it. So I have to give something up. Yes, sir. And if, like Adam doubted the truth and believed the lie. That's how we got locked in. You know, that's what happened to him. If we just doubt the lie, the truth is automatically there. There's nothing else left but the truth. What, what I've noticed is that, you know, telling you to do it because I'm doing it, right? And I was telling a friend of mine the other day, and he didn't know what I was talking about. He's like, no, I don't feel that. I, it's like God is with me. It's like, and it's not like, you know, I, I know you know the word, it's like a knowing, right? But it's like a presence is with me. And it's, it's something else. It humbles you, too. Because I'm not, like, just lost in doubt anymore. And the beauty about it, too, you see all the doubt coming. If you want to really see what Satan does to you, step away from your thoughts and see how he tried to tempt you back into it. 
where he'll bring up stuff that didn't even happen. And that, <laughs> or happened 80 years ago, or this dumb stuff. But if you continue to doubt him, I sense that God is with me like I've never sensed that before. And I don't even, you know, I just know he's with me because I'm not so lost in, in the imagination with Satan. Because Satan is with you when you're in your head, right? Outside of your thought, God is with you. And you just know it. And the confidence is there. It's like somebody is with you. And they love you. It's, it's really, really interesting. It's like the universe is open to you. I'm sorry? It's like the universe is open to you. Yes. Otherwise, you're going always, I, I realize that I'm going, always going back in my head, going back to something, going back to doubt or fear. Yes. Or some memory. Instead of like moving forward and letting whatever's going to come in show me something new. Yes, ma'am. Amen. Now, if you practice being that way all the time, you know, you're going to go in and out because, you know, you're falling being right now. You're accustomed to it. Right. But if you make that a way of life to just live in the present, I'm telling you, you can know with confidence that whatever you ask, you shall receive. You know that you're safe. You're, you're spiritually protected. And you have the power to reject the voice or temptation, whatever you want to call it, of Satan. He only got you in your imagination, in your reaction. But first, in order to get that, you must forgive. In order to enter into this kingdom that I'm talking about completely, you must forgive. You cannot enter into what I'm telling you about with any odor, any bit tiny bit. I know some of you say, oh, I'm on my way. Yeah, you're on your way. But you're not going to enter into the kingdom with that spirit. He won't let you in. Forgive, and he will forgive you and allow you in, and then you can live. Isn't that amazing? It's just that simple. And then all the learning that you've been taught, all the teaching that you've been taught start to fade away. And you're guided and taught by the spirit within. And you're right, Rhonda, the, the kingdom of heaven is opened up to you. It's opened up. God even said, I will, if you love me or something, I will bless you. Your, your, your house will overflow. Your, you know, the windows of heaven is opened up to you. And you have that confidence about that once you stop listening to the devil. It's just that simple, folks. Then you don't have to lie anymore. You don't have to stress. It humbles you, and you can give up all of your burdens. You can lay them down at the gate of, of, of God, at his door, and you can start to live. But you must forgive first. Must forgive. Yes, ma'am. I, was say, I read something that said life is not forgetting. Forgetting. It's forgiving. Yes. Let me read something. You just made me think of something here. This is from Micah. Is it called Micah? Micah. Micah. Uh, chapter 6, verse 8. Oh, I want to hurry because I want to... Uh, it says that you have already been told what, to, what is right and what... Yahweh, meaning God, want of you, wants of you. Only this, to do what is right, to love loyalty, and to walk humbly with your God. And that's what's going to happen. Once you come out of this darkness of your imagination, you're going to walk humbly with God. And you're just going to love, and you're going to do the right thing. It's just going to carry you. Just like Satan is carrying you now. 
<laughs> it's just going to carry you. That makes sense? So, in closing, in order to know what I'm talking about, because you can't learn it, you can't figure it out, I'm telling you, your mind is as far away from it as the East, right? Forgive everybody so you can enter into that kingdom. Then you'll know what I'm talking about. Thanks for tuning in, and thanks for showing up, everybody. I appreciate it. For more information, to purchase a copy of this program, or to make a donation, visit us on the web at bondinfo.org or call 1-800-411-2663. That's 1-800-411-BOND. You're already home.